Welcome to Happy Hour with the Home Collective. We are your hosts, Bill Ball, Dina Siriano, and Kristen McFeely. It's 5 o'clock. It's happy hour. What are you ladies drinking today? Okay, I am drinking 611 Porter by Mishamini Creek. You know, you guys know I like my porters and my stouts. Even though it's getting warm out, I still like them. And Neshaminy Creek, um, one of our dear, dear, dear friends, Billy's best friend, uh, Justin Wilden. Shout out to Justin. We were just with him tonight for dinner and his lovely wife, Sandy. He works for Neshaminy Creek, so I got these really great beers. Oh, and that's cool. what I'm drinking right you up. Yep. Nice. Love that. I had a Neshaminy Creek last night. I don't remember the name, but it was a pounder can. It was like a big boy can. Oh, so I only had yeah, one. they have a couple of those. They have a few of those. Yeah, they have great beer. Really good. It's also fun to say, no Chamonix Creek. Local. Local. I, local, local. I'm drinking a Southern Tier. Ooh, I can tell. IPA. It's just the OG IPA, and it's a 7%er. So you, someone's tucking me in tonight. I just. Nice. Um, and it's delicious. <laughs> she and a it's lightweight. In, it's, I am. And it's in my Yeti little can koozie thing, and uh, it's delicious. What about you, Bill? Nice. I'm drinking tequila and uh, San Pellegrino blood orange. Ooh. Oh, summer drink. Oh, that sounds Bill's delicious. summer yeah. drink. Here it yeah. is. Yeah. Bill's summer drink. Good summer drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's usually like tequila and the grapefruit, but the wife brought home the blood orange. I so. like the blood orange better, Very good. Actually. Anyway, uh, yeah. cheers. Happy, happy hour, ladies. Happy cheers. Hour. Cheers, kids. Love it. So I just, so I just rushed back from dinner with our friends to um to do the podcast so bill thank you for joining late when i was on time but anyway um i rushed <laughs> i came rushing so back from sorry. dinner so sorry no 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 I no all good all good all good um no but we were tonight we were at earth bread and brewery in mount airy which has been like a staple yeah. in mount airy for many years um we were there opening night when they opened and unfortunately they are closing this week and it's kind of yeah. like a collective mount airy in the neighborhood of Mount Airy is sort of doing a collective cry over this. It's, it's quite sad. Um, they were really hurt over the, you know, over COVID and kind of never bounced back. And so this, this is their very last week. So we went with our friends, Justin and Sandy, we sat at the bar and we had a nice, uh, couple flatbreads, which they're famous for and really good. And, um, Tom, one of the owners does, uh, he brews beer and so we we had a couple beers and it was just it was great but it was a little it was also a little bit sad it was kind of it's been like a, a true staple of the neighborhood and it's it's done this week um we got a nice photo which i'll post on instagram yes of us with tom and peggy the owners mm. um but yeah so it's a little it's a little sad but i had to that's good you did that Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. We were going to absolutely go this week. And I think on Friday, we're going to be out of town Friday, but Friday, I think, is their last night, and yeah. they're doing, like, free food. I think they're doing, like, a free buffet, so if you guys even want to make a little trip up to Mount Airy. Um, and they're, I believe they're, like, selling, like, their glassware and everything, too. Um, so, Damn. yeah, real a little sad. It was. It's been a place where, like, it was funny because we we were talking about like I've met with clients there. Mm-hmm. Like even Justin and Sandy, who have been friends of ours for years, they moved to Mount Airy, and I sold them their house. And when we had our first meeting, our buyer consult, it was at the bar there. Get out, you know, like yeah, it's kind of course, like of been course. where I've met people, and it's just it's it's a sad thing. But um, 
We wish Tom and Peggy really we well. They also are part owners of um, Huga, which is down in, in – um, remember we did our, our yes, photo shoot, our there. team photo shoot there. Mm-hmm. It's down on like 17th and Fairmount, so support support that. That part. IPA at Huga is so good. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's it was so really good. In, it's so insane. I still think about yeah. it. And I've never pronounced the name of that bar correctly, and that's fine. I appreciate you saying it, Kristen, because I would have been like, Higgy. Yeah. <laughs> I would have jacked it up because um, that's my South Jersey education bill. Get ready. Anyway, um, what about you, mm-hmm. Bill Ball? <laughs> what have you been up to, man? Well, Bill has been up to a lot, and we're this is a total setup, and he's probably not going to want to talk about it. But, Bill, Don't tell care. us. Tell Don't us care. what happened last week. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, we uh, we closed. Me and the wife closed on a property near a nice Applebee's and. <laughs> In South Jersey. Yay! Yay! We're Looking so forward for to that. Bill didn't want to talk about this prior because he didn't want to jinx it, but now it's yeah. done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's, you know, I don't want to bring up all my shit on this show, but yeah. So uh, we closed on that a uh, couple weeks ago. We're getting ready to move. Actually, by the time this show airs, we will have moved to New Jersey. So it'll be official. It's awesome. Um, that's so, so it's great. weird. It's just like a lot of running around, a lot of packing, just a lot of hustle and bustle. Yeah. And then I'm selling my house here in South Philly. So I got to come back here and do get work done and get it listed. So it just, it's like we're so busy that uh, it's just hard to let it sink in and celebrate yeah. right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we're just running. Like totally. every night I've been running stuff over to the house, even though we have movers coming um, right after the holiday. But I'm all about like if I can get done sooner, I want to get done sooner. Mm-hmm. So I'm just constantly clearing stuff out. So I'm there every day. I had showings there. I had showings in Jersey today. Came home, tried to do work and emails and phone, and then ran back tonight to drop stuff off at the house. And that's why I missed Chris's interview part two. <laughs> so, that Easy Pass bill. Apologize to Chris Smith. It, it is going to be. <laughs> Dude, easy. You're so I put right. so many miles on my yep. car today. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, it's just Good we're excited and uh, yeah, yeah exactly. Exact, perfect timing, perfect oh. timing. Nothing like six dollars a gallon to really get you through to crunch times. Uh, so we're excited. We're just we're just swamped. That's yeah. all good though. That's all it's good. So good. It's a good busy. Yeah, it's Congrats, good. Bill. It's good. It's just like we we're like I'm over there meeting painters, meeting floor guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a couple rooms that are getting carpeted, so there was carpet guys there Monday. There's like six guys painting that's going to take a week. It's just like, you know, it's just, it's bedlam. It's bedlam. So it's like, we feel like we won't really be able to enjoy it probably for another few weeks. I mean, we're excited again, Mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, it's just a lot. You just, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention like I'm writing offers right now to 10 o'clock at night. So like you have to do that stuff and still sell other mm-hmm. people's houses, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So it, it's all good. I don't, I'm not trying to sound like I'm complaining. No, I no. I hope I'm not. But it's that work-life balance. So what do we have coming up on this episode, ladies? Well, we have, you know, we've been talking about in the last few episodes what we're feeling on the streets yeah. and kind of like our feelings. But this time we decided to bring on one of my favorite loan officer lenders um, of all time, Chris Smith from Guaranteed Rate Mortgage. Um, and we're going to have him on to, to give us the real scoop, to give us the actual data, <laughs> not just what we're feeling. Yeah. So we're excited to have him and get an update. 
All right. So now we have Chris Smith from Guaranteed Rate. Chris is one of my oldie, oldie, oldie friends. I love him so much and and Lam on his team and his whole entire team, Haley as well. Um, they are kind of my go-to for lending. Um, and gosh, Chris, years, right? You've done all of my personal loans on my yeah. homes and investment properties, vacation, everything. You have I done think everything. You and I go back uh, 12 to 14 years in the probably, business. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. And yeah. I remember that the funny story is that Chris, um, before joining Guaranteed Rate, was with Trident Mortgage, which was the in house lender for our competitor when we were at Coldwell Banker. Dean, you remember, obviously, yeah. we were at Coldwell yeah. Banker. He was the in house lender for our competitor, Berkshire Hathaway, and our manager Chris, used to, you? boy, he used to give me such shit for using you guys. <laughs> he was like, use the in-house Coldwell Banker lender. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I just can't. Uh, Chris and Lom are my go-tos. They are my people. Um, so, and I used to actually, I mean, that was actually part of my spiel when I would talk to, um, when I would talk to my buyers, because I would be like, look, I'm using the competition's lender. That's how freaking good mm -hmm. they are. Like, that is how good they are. You need to use them. Um, so anyway, yes, we go way back. I love you, Chris. I'm so happy that you've joined us. And um, obviously, the the there has been a lot of crazy news lately with interest rates rising, inflation rising, everything else. So um, we just kind of wanted to bring you on and, and you know, dive in a little bit. And, and so what have you... What have you been seeing? We we always talk about kind of what we're seeing on the streets, as Bill likes to say. Um, streets, but what have yeah. you been seeing on the mortgage side? Yeah. So, you know, it's been a kind of uh, a wild, let's just say, month to two months where it, it was full steam ahead. And then as these inflationary reports had come out, um, you know, it was the only thing you could read on the news. And I think with that, there was a bit of a retraction in interest in real estate just because of... Um, the fears of, you know, potential looming recessions, fears of um, huge inflation numbers and, and things of that. So like initially we did see uh, a bit of a slowdown. Uh, I would say this June, um, at least new applications, new pre-approval requests coming in the door um, definitely was a little bit of a slowdown. Um, but then over the last week, I think as people are kind of getting past the idea that they're not going to see a three in front of their interest rate um, and they're looking at fives and sixes and it's becoming a little bit of the norm, um, people are back in the markets. And uh, I think this has been one of the busier weeks that I've had this year. So it's, really, uh, things are starting wow. to pick back up, in my opinion. Oh, that's, that's good to know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's funny when people are like, you know, interest rates are, are so high now. You know, my first house was 6.75. You know that, and I thought that was great at the time. You yeah. know, um, mm -hmm. it. I I still think in the fives and sixes are are quite good. <laughs> my my first interest rate was five point seven five, and I was in the business at the time, so I, yeah. I even gave myself a preferential interest rate, and uh, it, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and that's basically where we're at today. So it's not like uh, it's not much different than where it was, you know, ten to fourteen years ago. So yeah. yeah. I want to say, though, that when Kristen was introducing you, it hit me that you have the dirt on Kristen. So in case I need to know the dirt, I got to call you, Chris. I've got it all. I've got everybody's dirt. <laughs> it's in the vault somewhere. You know, my credit score. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got everything. I've got everything between you and Billy. <laughs> Chris, Chris really you does know, know everything. I you forgot must be about in that. a vault right there. That's beautiful. The hiccup where I almost got divorced. Yeah. 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 Got divorced. Chris called me. He's like, we've got a problem. I'm like, fuck Billy. Like, <laughs> was, do you remember? I was like, oh. 
I honestly was like, oh, shit, how do I say this to her? How do I say this to (laughs) her? Like, this is really bad. I don't even know what to do here. And it was like a beg, plead, and steal situation. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. That's wild. See, it happens to the best of them, everybody. That's that's, that's hilarious. It was bound to happen to you guys. You were at your peak of real estate holdings. And it was like, kind of like, when you get to that many properties, sometimes Mm -hmm. stuff slips through the cracks. Something, it did. It totally slipped right through the cracks. I just remember calling you and being like, I found this. I know I wasn't in the market, but I found this house. Is this something I can even do? And you were like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Like, I don't know. You were just, you're always so positive and you're always so just good. Just good. That's all I can say. I always feel like in this business, man, there's enough negativity out there that you just got to keep people very positive about the entire experience. And and Kristen, this is not um, me blowing smoke up your butt, but your team and your group of uh, agents there. Always keep things positive. No matter how difficult of an inspection it is, no matter how difficult of a seller it is, no matter how difficult of a buyer it is, like we always try to keep it super positive. And that's what honestly keeps us all in the business because if we dealt with some of these really tough agents, it's like, I'm out. Like mm-hmm. we're all yeah. in this business together. Let's try to make this work. There's no sense in throwing stones. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. And I'm like, I try to be like anti drama. You know, like Mm -hmm. a lot of, I think, I feel like that's the, I'm proud of this, but I feel like that is the feedback that I get oftentimes from co-op agents when the deal has finally closed. They're like, you were so low drama. Like you didn't make any mountains out of molehills. Like, let's just get this done and, and like make it a win-win for everybody. And that is definitely my philosophy. Um, But Chris, we've been through like fighting appraisals together. We have like, we've really been through it all. We've had we've had we've had our share of, uh, of, of, of black eyes for sure, but uh, we've, we've gotten through them all. And yeah, I mean, it, cooler heads prevail in this business. Honestly, you're not going to get anywhere fighting the system and fighting, um, you know, your competition. It's like cooler heads gets you to the closer t- closing table for sure. So yeah. let's let's piggyback off of that because I feel like that's kind of the motto in the whole the whole vibe check of the energy of whatever's going on in the world right now too. But when it comes to like our business and real estate and what we think about and do every day, it's like, what Chris, like I've been dying to ask you, like, what do you say to like the negative Nancy's or people who are like, I'm just going to wait, there's going to be a recession or, you know, a bunch of foreclosures are going to come. Like it's going to happen. What do you say? Like, how do you kind of respond to, to those comments? You know? you shine the light on the positive sides of recession, right? So one of the the first things that comes to my mind about recession is it's um, real estate is one of the best place to have money during a recession. Um, During inflation, having money in real estate is a great place to be. Um, I oftentimes think that I wish I bought houses in 2008, 2009, 2010. Um, When the market was crashing, I wish I was buying on the way down. Um, and, 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 and it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's, it's total guesswork right now. Even your most experienced economist, um, the federal reserve, the people that get paid big bucks to predict all this stuff, they get it wrong 95% of the time. So, uh, um, I think right now, like you're going to have real estate investors who are saying, I'm waiting for an opportunity, but your first time home buyers, your, your kids right out of college, your, uh, uh, young professionals, everybody needs housing. And, um, you know, really what it is to me is it's it's not like selling um, the interest rate, it's selling the payment, 
right? So like, what can you afford? I realize rates went from 3% to 6%, but what can you afford monthly? Don't focus on the interest rate, focus on the payment, and then let us do our work to figure out what kind of loan amount we can get you um, and and really just put you into the right um, financing option. One of the big things we've seen, right? People are so focused on interest rates, but one of the big things we've seen is a resurrection of some of the um, really good financing vehicles called adjustable rate mortgages. So we've seen a big resurrection in them, 10-year arms, seven-year arms, big sellers right now, because those interest rates are smack in the middle of the fours. So you can get like a 10-year arm at uh, 4.625. You can get a seven-year arm at 4.375. And that historically is a phenomenal interest rate. And it's cutting back on this, you know, interest rate shock mentality where, Mm -hmm. hey, six months ago it was three. Today it's basically six. Somewhere in the middle, you can find a really competitive arm. And that works for most people. And I think Kristen can probably even vouch for this. Most people don't stay in their houses for much more than six to seven years. Right. And to be honest with you, most people don't stay in their loans because a lot of people end up refinancing as rates drop back down. Um, or people end up refinancing because they got to do home improvements or they got to pay off bad debt. So right. looking at a 30-year fixed mortgage today at 5.75, 6.0, and people are saying, I, the, the real question is, how long do you think you'll be in this house for? A lot of people are like, yeah, five to seven years. Well, let's look at a 10-year arm, get you in somewhere in the mid fours, make it a little bit more affordable for you over the next six to seven years. Um, and it kind of breaks that, um, you know, breaks that, uh, that mindset of like, hey, uh, interest rates are high. Hey, um, there's a recession looming. You know, get them focused on the payment, not necessarily, you know, the purchase price or the fact that 30-year fixed rates are through the roof. Yeah, it is about focusing on the payment. I've never even thought about an arm Unless yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, in the gym or something like, but, not. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> I wasn't sure how that joke was going to go. You guys. I was like, was oh, this might not land, but I guess, but see, that's the thing where it's like, I guess it's like, don't go negative, have a conversation, mm-hmm. call someone. Cause you know, and I think that's lovely. Like going back to what Kristen was saying, where she, she was like, I saw this house. And I called Chris, like, can I do this? An agent, a vet agent, a seasoned agent who's like one of the very best in the business was like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to call the person who knows better than me. Like in this, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it's all about. Do you think rates will continue to rise for a little bit before they ultimately cool and stay at like an average pay? Like, what do you... I mean, because everyone likes to think about, you were just saying, like, so many people want to make a prediction ball. of 95. Yeah. What's your crystal ball? This is kind of a double-sided question here, but, you know, will interest rates continue to rise? Certain interest rates definitely have to rise. Um, the one interest rate, which is what the Fed controls, is the Fed funds rate. And that's what they've been increasing um, over the last six months. You know, it was a 50 basis point increase you know, a few months back, and then it was a 75 basis point increase a couple weeks back, that's going to continue to tick upwards um, until they can see that inflation has plateaued. So you Mm. think about, you know, right now inflation is the highest it's been in 40 years. Well, if you go back 40 years to the 80s, where did that Fed funds rate go? Um, And that Fed's funds rate went through the roof. And that was their way of trying to control um, the inflationary numbers. The Fed has a lot more levers to pull in this uh, world that we live in now. Um, So do I continue to see that rate go up? Yeah. And what's that going to impact? That's going to impact your credit cards. It's going to impact 
uh, your home equity lines of credit. That's the Fed's way of like trying to slow down consumers from swiping their credit card every day. Um, it's to stop them from borrowing against their homes through home equity lines. It's also small business loans. It's big business loans. So it's it's a way for them to try to slow down the economy. But then you have your mortgage interest rates which aren't directly correlated to the Fed funds rate. They're oftentimes people will say, well, they trend in the same direction. They do, mm -hmm. but they trend a little bit slower than that. Um, the, the Fed funds rate does. So short end of the question is, I think for like the next three to four months, rates stay the same. I think they're going to be between 5.75 and let's just say six and a quarter. So that would be like your half a point span. Um, and then as we see some of the next inflationary reports come out, um, and what the Fed is going to do to continue to counter it will dictate it. But I think, honestly, probably through early fall, you're probably pretty good in the uh, high fives, low sixes. We also think that in the coming years, let's just say in the next um, year to 18 months, that there will be a, a drop backwards. And so that will be an opportunity for people who ended up taking a 6% interest rate to potentially refi down um, into a lower rate you know, if it becomes available. And that's like one of the other things we talk about. It's like, you know, I saw a great meme the other day where it was uh, marry the house, date the interest rate. Right? I saw that too. That was yeah. a good one. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good one that. because again, like people, I mean, there was times throughout COVID where people refinanced twice, right? And in a two year period, people were like catching a falling knife, like interest rates were at three and a half. So they dropped it then and then it went to two and a half and they dropped it then. So, you know, find the house of your dreams, marry it. And then, you know, we're just going to date that interest rate for a couple of years. I love it. I love that too. I really yeah. like that. We need to come up with like a graphic. <laughs> yeah, really yeah like you that. do. Yeah. So that's your advice for, you know, people thinking about buying, right? Yeah. Would you say? Yeah, 100%. Find the home of your dreams. I mean, again, focus on the payment, focus on the house. Um, the interest rate, there's always things we can do down the road to improve it. The other thing is, I want to say a lot of people, we're big, our both groups here do a lot of first-time home buyers. And a lot of first-time oh, yeah. home buyers are on this trajectory income-wise, right? So they're either out of college or they're in their, their peak earning years where things are just going up and up and up. So even though it might feel like a bit of a stretch right now, you know, in a year, two years, three years, five years, as your career advances, that payment is going to get more and more manageable as mm -hmm. you make more and more money. What would you, what do you say to those first timers who are like, do I have to put 20% down? Like, what do you, <laughs> what do you say? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Those like, you know, like, such a how do you common kill that? misconception. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I think don't it, you agree? I think it all generates from like, our parents, right? That's, so it's I like, agree. It's, agreed. My mom was like, you are not putting any less than 20% down. Everybody yes. goes to their parents, hey, I'm buying a house. And the first thing they say is, you got 20% down? Mm -hmm. yeah. You got to save up 20% down. And that's such a, uh, you know, so far from the truth. Um, I would say most of our first time home buyers are putting down 5%, 10% max. It's very rare that somebody's doing 20%. And right now the interest rates um, and the PMI payments in connection with a 5% down scenario are, first off, the interest rate's the same, whether it's a 5% mm -hmm. down, a 10% down, a 15% down, a 20% down. The, what comes into play is, is mortgage insurance. And there's so many ways to handle mortgage insurance that makes it affordable. Um, and also the mortgage insurance industry is an insanely competitive market. And so kind of like the saying goes, like where there's competition, the consumer wins. Well, 
there's like 10 mortgage insurance companies out there and they're all battling for the same piece of the pie and it's driving down PMI payments to like pennies. So like on a $400,000 loan with 5% down, you might see PMI being $50 a month. It's that cheap. Yeah. So it's better than my you know, Wi-Fi bill. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's so competitive these days that they've that. really kind of it, they've kind of uh, cannibalized their own industry, and it's it's a great thing for consumers that there's so much competition within the PMI business that the premiums have gone to to nothing. Interesting, because I was thinking about it like the city of Philadelphia reassessed property tax. You know, mm-hmm. the the reassessment came out, and it got me thinking. I I live in Fishtown, and my wife and I we put five percent down on our house, so I know we have. We have PMI and I'm like, yep. we've been here for three years. I know, I bet you we can eliminate the PMI. Like that's my next thing. We refied twice during, you know, the pandemic, but I'm like, right. or we refied once we chased the rate and then we refied uh, uh, an investment property. But I'm like, the PMI is next. It's got to go. How do you do that? So how do you coach people? Like, what's your, what do you think about, like, how do, how do you, how should someone eliminate PMI? What's the best way to do it? What's the cheat code, Chris? I need it. So the the big misconception, <laughs> the big misconception with PMI is that you have to refinance to get out from underneath it. And that's yeah. not the truth. And the problem about it is if somebody picks up the phone and calls, you know, their servicer and they say, I want to remove PMI, oftentimes the customer service person's like, well, let's, let's put you in front of somebody to, to consider refinancing to get rid of it. Um, it's not the case at all. Um, you know, the first thing you want to do is you just want to check what your current mortgage balance is, you know, you know, is it, is it, is it $300,000? Is it three fifty? And then you want to get an idea and you can potentially go back to your realtor, find out exactly what they think the home is worth. Um, as long as your loan balance is 80% of the expected home value, you can contact your servicer and have them remove the PMI. It's a little bit of a process, but it's quite easy. Um, it starts off with the servicer doing what they call a desktop appraisal. Banks and lenders have a system behind the scenes that they can use to check what they think the home value is worth. Mm-hmm. And if that desktop appraisal comes back favorably, they'll remove the PMI with really little to no fees. It might be $0. If the desktop appraisal or the AVM comes back unfavorably, meaning you're like, I live in Fishtown and we've seen 10% appreciation every year for the last you know, 10 mm-hmm. years, they, you know, you may say, um, what's my next step? And the next step is to pay for an appraisal. So the servicer will say, okay, we've got, you know, 20 appraisers in that area. They charge $500 to do an appraisal, $500 to remove potentially 50, 75, $100 a month in PMI. You figure out how quickly it pays for itself. Um, and, you know, again, first step, check out the balance. Second step, call your realtor and say, what do you think my home is worth? Because I'm trying to remove the PMI. Third step is call your servicer and take it from there. I love it. That's on my to-do list next week, you guys. Yeah, Dean. I feel like you definitely could get rid of your PMI where you are. You should oh, do it right sure. now because honestly, it's Wait, I'll keep you guys on the phone. Hold on. Let teaming. me just call. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I got Chris Smith here. So whatever you say. No. Seriously, I, I have it's actually on my list. sat on phone calls with customers to go through it with uh, the servicer because a lot of times they get steered oh, in the wrong direction. So I've definitely participated in those phone calls. I'm going to phone a friend. It's going to be you. <laughs> I love it. See, that's the people need to know. Yeah. We are at the peak of home values. So you have gained so much appreciation over the last two years in this market that if you have PMI and you bought, let's just say you put down 5% in the last two years, 
Mm -hmm. a pretty good chance that even though you only put down 5% two years ago, you've gained 15% in equity. And now you can talk about removing PMI because that's only seven and a half percent of appreciation per year. And let's be honest, that's not unreasonable given um, Mm -hmm. what we've seen. The one thing I was thinking is, and you know, part of this is because like, I feel like I've been in the business for a while and my clientele has changed just because I've, you know, the years that you've been doing it now, I'm working with a lot of Second-time home buyers, third-time home buyers. I'm not working with as many first-time home buyers as I was in years past. But Chris, are you seeing? Are you seeing like? And and you know it's crazy too because like I I had a couple people this year that were kind of looking like, you know, at a pretty good price point like on the main line, for example. And everybody they were competing with was like a cash buyer, waiving inspections, oh, waiving appraisals. Gosh. And I was like, where the hell did all of these people come from? I, like, where do where like, has it always been the case? And I've just not been really in that market. <laughs> or is it something right. that's kind of new? Have you noticed, like, are you kind of working with buyers of a different price point now? Are you finding that people are, you know, the, the whole idea of waiving an appraisal or waiving, you know, having wow. an appraisal gap or something and being able to come up with the money to, to, you know, to make up the difference if it falls short, like even things like that, it's kind of, I, for years wouldn't, didn't work with buyers that were ever able to do anything like that. Um, Are you finding that that has kind of changed? Well, I think, you know, the longer you're in the business, right? The more your repeat customers come back to you, the people that you put in a home 15 years ago are are moving into their step up home. They're in the next one, uh, right? Or their retirement home. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're purchasing price range changes as their income goes up over the years. Yeah, it's, I think we've seen um, over the last two years, every strategy possible used to get into a home. You know, you lose out on uh, one home, you lose out on two homes, you lose out on three homes, your heart's broken three times. And you're like, how do I get more competitive here? What's the, where's my competitive edge? And then, then it becomes, okay, well, maybe we talk about waiving your appraisal contingency. Maybe we talk about making up the difference in um, a low appraisal. Um, maybe we waive home inspections. And I think this all came about as a, um, a supply and demand issue. There was no supply and there was so much demand and yeah. we were just battling to get people into homes and you had to get creative. Now, what I would say is all those cash buyers I would say most of them ended up getting a mortgage to oh, buy that absolutely. house. absolutely. Yeah. They all waived, they waived financing, but they could mm-hmm. prove that they had enough, you know, if the deal went south, that they could, they could pay with cash. But sure. n- mm-hmm. yeah, 95% of them, everybody that I worked with got a mortgage. Even yeah. A lot of people yeah. can p- produce a 401k statement that shows they've got a million dollars or a half a million dollars in the bank to be a cash buyer. But you know, at the end of the day, they're not doing that. They're securing mm-hmm. a mortgage to buy the home. And, um, and then the appraisal situation, you know, again, uh, through, through like, through needing to be competitive through lenders and, um, co- you know, mortgage companies needing to be competitive. Like, how do we help these people out? How do we help these agents out? Um, you know, they come up with scenarios like appraisal gap insurance where, you know, if the house doesn't appraise, how can we absorb that difference between, uh, you know, a $400,000 sales price and a $350,000 um, appraisal. Like how do we absorb that? And there's ways to do it. And that's, what's great about these highly competitive markets is that mortgage companies, lenders, realtors, everybody kind of figures out unique ways of getting the deal done. Um, and that's the best part. That's like kind of the, um, 
you know, the positive, the positiveness that comes about of these like crazy times is everybody gets creative. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and, and we learn from it. You find a way. Yeah. You find a way. I love that about this business, man. You find It's like a a puzzle. It's a puzzle. When the appraisal comes in low, of course, first I'm always trying to fight it, but Mm -hmm. sometimes (laughs) that doesn't work. (laughs) And then, and then it's like a puzzle. I reach out to Chris or Lum and they're like, all right. We're going to switch up the mortgage terms. We're going to figure this out. We're And it always it always works out. It mm-hmm. really does. Again, cooler heads prevail. It's the way you attack it and it's the way you lay it out to the customer. Um, and, uh, you know, as long as, you know, the customer feels confident in what you're, you know, putting in front of them, it usually works out. Cooler heads prevail, baby. I love that. <laughs> I know. It's so easy to get negative here, right? It's so easy. It really to, is. It really it's is. actually easier to be negative than it is positive. So. It is. That's the truth. I struggle with that daily, especially when I'm watching like Philadelphia sports, which is like (laughs) our mantra and our whole identity here. You know, it's just in our blood. It's like, I can't let this bleed into what I do for a living. I just can't. And you know what I mean? You guys like being from the East coast, you're like ready. Were you at the Phillies game last night for the pride night? I did. I went to pride night. We kept, we were watching the game and Billy swore you were behind home plate. And I'm like, that is not her. That is not her. (laughs) That was me. We were in left field. You know, my favorite place to sit is by the left field uh, foul post. Like that's a good spot. Low corner. Cause the, we were right there when the left fielder made from Atlanta made like a huge error. And uh, it was just so lit. Everyone was going nuts, but we lost of course, which is, which was just fun and funny and like, Yeah, we were there, but no, I don't think I wasn't behind home plate. No, I I mean it was Pride Night. I'm sure he saw like twelve of me. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) So it's all good. But no, that was so fun. But yeah, I mean it's it. The cooler heads prevail. That's a that's a real. I love that. That's so great. We don't want to keep you forever, Chris. We're so grateful that you jumped on. But I want to do a little background of Chris because I really, I truly, truly believe in. You and Lom and you, you know, you guys really have come through for me so many times. So I want to be able to kind of promote you to people. And I, I want to get a little bit of your background. I mean, I know a lot of this, but we had you fill out a, a little questionnaire, which was, of course, really funny. Um, <laughs> but where are you from? And uh, and what brought you to the to the Philadelphia area? Yeah. So as I said, um, I'm from the mean streets of Huntington Valley. I grew up in, in, <laughs> in, in, uh, in Huntington Valley and, uh, you know, was there through college and then moved to uh, Conshohocken right after college and then moved into South Philly on uh, 18th and Montrose and then lived in uh, on 12th and Christian and uh, and then moved out to Chestnut Hill and then moved out to Mount Airy. I then, love that. Mount, you know, your yeah. street in Mount Airy is my favorite street. You do know that. Oh, well, I'm not Wadsworth. I know that's your favorite. I know. Wadsworth but I'm, I'm on the better of the two. Shout out to yeah. Wadsworth. Al- they're my Lane. two favorite streets in East Mount Airy is Wadsworth and East Allens. Yeah. Um, they're love scenic them. And you were on East Allens, sure. which I love. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then, um, you know, as my family grew, uh, so did my need for space. And so we're now we're in Plymouth meeting and, uh, yeah, I'm, um, I'm loving it here. I have like the, you know, it, you know, we said before, marry your house. So I bought a fixer upper, um, like Kristen bought a fixer upper and yes. needed, needed some TLC. And, and it's just amazing how life comes together. Right. I bought a house. I bought it because it felt secluded and I kind of liked coming home to like 
like zero noise and I, I liked a little bit of seclusion. And then it just like turns out that uh, the neighborhood behind us is just an absolute party neighborhood. And it's, it's <laughs> okay. great because I can tuck away. I could like disappear yeah. and then I can go, I want to go out tonight. And I just walk out my back door and I'm in a neighborhood that just like, just is fantastic. So marry the house, marry the neighborhood. And uh, I mean, my, I feel so blessed that I hashtag this, blessed. Like, yeah. Yeah. I've got this great setup. It's really phenomenal. Like I don't, I don't leave like my neighborhood most weekends because there's just so much going on here. So, uh, That's so if you've cool. got great neighbors, it makes life great. And your so house, true. you're being, of course you're being super modest, but Dina, Chris's yeah. house is, I had the pleasure, Billy and I have had the pleasure of going and visiting Chris and Christine in their home. And it is the coolest mid-century house you have ever it is so freaking cool i have not actually That's seen awesome. it since you renovated because i i remember going in thinking it looked absolutely perfect and yeah. christine's like we're gonna change the kitchen we're gonna do this we're gonna do that i'm like it's in my mind per- totally perfect already yeah i've got to have you back over it's it's been a um yeah it's a really unique house everybody that comes through it is like i've would have never guessed that, that this was back here. And- it is the coolest, like, oh, I love it. ranch, one level, kind of yeah. like, you know, oh, mid-century, just exactly what you would picture when you think of a yeah. really cool mid-century. Yeah, it's totally it's my so vibe. Dope. I love it. I'm so <laughs> jealous. I'm so jealous. I love, it sounds like you have the best of both worlds where you're like, I'm secluded. Right now I'm fighting off party. the, uh, I'm fighting off the uh, bullfrogs in my yard. <laughs> Like there's, you can, I I can hear them. You probably can't, but there must be like a thousand bullfrogs in my, in my yard here that just all night long rivet, rivet. That's hysterical. I feel like it's those things. I remember seeing a video, I think that your wife posted where you're like, are you on a tractor or something? And you're pulling the girls on like a Mm -hmm. sled or something. Chris has these two beautiful girls. Um, And I think you were pulling them like through the snow or something in the yard. It's just one so, of the beauties of being in suburbia is so like you awesome. just got plenty of room okay. to uh, pull out the John Deere and, uh, uh, you know, put it, tie a sled behind it and just pull them through the property. It so I cool. love it. You're a girl dad, just pulling them on a oh, John he's a Deere. Total girl dad. I've got I two girls it. and I wouldn't have it any other way. It's the best. Yeah. Unconditional love. I love Dang it. Love it. it. Love it. All right, Chris, take a swig of your tequila because once I start, I'm not sounding it's like Pringles. You ready? Let <laughs> <laughs> you pop. Can't stop. <laughs> what is your go-to happy hour beverage? Oh, wow. Um, so, like, I'm usually an old-fashioned guy three seasons out of the year. Uh, I'm a maker's old-fashioned, and uh, I think I've been on that kick for about seven or eight years now. Um, and then in the uh, the summertime, I, my go-to at a happy hour is usually like a Grey Goose and club soda, uh, just nice and light. But um, yeah, nothing makes me warmer and feel fuzzier and feel more comfortable than a than an old-fashioned. So it's been my go-to. Love it. I love it. Okay. Dina, you've gotten into old fashions lately. I'm so into them. So into them. <laughs> I can tell you all the best restaurants that serve the best ones. I'm going to hold you to it. I need to know. I need to know because we live right by a whiskey bar. Um, Lloyd... On Girard that was a good old fashioned when oh, we went there. That was really so good. good. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Yeah. So yeah, we'll have to talk about that offline, Chris, because I don't. I don't want you to have to give away all your secrets <laughs> on the internet. I don't need you crowding my space. No. Yeah. <laughs> Back up. Yeah. Once I, I'm going to ruin it for you. Honestly. Um. No. Okay. Ready. Fuck. Mary. Kill. Eagles. Phillies. Sixers. 
I'm killing them all. I honestly am. <laughs> I was marrying, I was marrying the Phillies, and then it's just like the season just kind of, you know, gets a little bit questionable now after, after some injuries. So uh, I'm a, I'm a 22 year season ticket holder for the Eagles, and you know, um, that's really? just a roller coaster emotions. I, I, I. I you so you spend so much time down at those games, and then you, oh, yeah. you come home, and you're like, I can't believe I just blew like eight hours out of my day for a really bad football game. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm 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 killing them all at the moment. Um, but you know, next year I'll be right back on the bandwagon. But <laughs> now that the Eagle season's over, they're not look well. They look a little bit better for next year. Sixers are over. Yeah, yeah we got the Phillies, but I just feel they're like on. But Bryce yeah, yeah. being out just kind of ruins the. Uh, you know who I'm loving though? Schwarber. He's the yeah. man. I feel like he's just killing it. Every yeah. time Schwarber gets up, we're like, all right, we're good. We're good. We don't he's stepping have, up. We've got right? Schwarber. He let off with a homer last night. Yeah. Oh, just, I love him. I love him. The ver- we went to opening day. We were just talking about this. Billy and I went to opening day and we had these great seats that were like the front row. They spent way too much money to do this, but I just thought it would be fun and cool. And it was the first, yeah. you know, the home opener. And Schwarber was like our new guy, all this hype about him. He gets up, I think, the first pitch, home run. I was like, oh, he Crushed had my it. heart after that. Not I loved him. Yeah. You know, JT right. is really my my guy, but I, mm-hmm. I'm loving Schwarber these days. I'm really loving <laughs> him. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Dean. <laughs> no, I love that. Segway. Well, I was going to say I maybe pick Phillies. your favorite Philly, but now we know it's Schwarber. Okay, no mm. offense, Bryce. I still um, think JT might be it, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm liking Schwarber now. <laughs> Well, Chris, who would you who would you pick here? Will Smith, Bruce, or Bon Jovi? Yeah, that was that's a difficult one, man. I I I was a ride and die Will Smith fan forever, and then mm-hmm. you know I just felt like you know Philadelphia wasn't his uh, his hometown anymore. L.A. was, and I, every time he looked, he was rah rah rahing the Lakers, and I just kind of was like, what gives, Will? And then I'm a huge Chris Rock fan. So after that episode, yes. oh. I was like, all right, no more Will Smith. I'm over him. I, you know, mm-hmm. just doesn't do it. Just doesn't do enough for me. So now I uh, was never into Bon Jovi. Um, Same. And, uh, and, me neither. And so, so defaulting to Bruce on this you gotta one. You got to go to the boss. Um, they got to go to the boss. That's the right answer anyway. It's fine. Gritty or the fanatic? <laughs> Gritty's so fantastic. He did our, uh, he did one of our happy hours, uh, and he's an absolute riot. But the longevity of the fanatic, the I mean, baseball is a tough enough game to mm-hmm. watch in person, right? I mean, you know, yes. a lot of start and stop there. The fanatic, your eyes stay on him the entire so, you're game. You're so right. You're so so right. he provides you like three, three and a half hours of entertainment, and it's nonstop. So I'm going fanatic all the way. Nice. Love it. Love it. Cheesesteak or hoagie? Cheesesteak. Steve, Prince of Steaks on uh, the Boulevard. Conley oh, you're and the a Boulevard. Northeast guy. Yeah. Yeah. That place is heaven to me. What's your What's your order? You know, I'm, I'm the stereotypical whiz with guy. I don't get into the provolones. I don't get into the Americans. I just keep it, you know, the, the way it was meant to be. I got to get down. I got to get down to uh, what's the what's the hottest spot right now in um, – uh, Angelos, Angelos, yeah. That's cool. More like in our in our sort of neck of the woods. Do you have a preference between D'Alessandro's or Chubby's? Oh man, you're an. I like Chubby's, but they're like Chubby's. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to be at Alessandro's all the time. Yeah. 
my my a couple of my neighbors are Roxborough people, and I poo poo Delisandros yeah. all the time. It's too big. It's overflowing with meat. It's soggy. It's like eating like a a ground beef cheesesteak. And I'm like, that's not the way it's supposed to be. So I'm not a Dallas Andrews guy. Yeah. Deirdre was the one who turned me on to Chubby's. She was like, you got to go to Chubby's. It's way better. And then that's yeah. like our place. If we, the the rare time that we bring home cheesesteaks that we were going to Chubby's. Yeah. And Definitely. Shout out to Chubby's. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Chubby's. <laughs> What's your go-to karaoke song? The Humpty Dance. 100%. <laughs> I need to see this. I seriously need to see this. There's no better picture. Nothing you can picture better than me doing the Humpty Dance for you. I need to see this. We have to. I've got that entire song memorized. I I don't even need the lyrics. I can do it right off. You're like, oh, you don't have that track? That's fine. I'll acapella it for you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Next level. Oh, I love it. So if you could sit at any bar or restaurant in Philly tonight, where would you go and why? You know, going back to uh, my days in Mount Airy, um, the best bar going is McMenamin's. One hundred percent. I loved this answer. Total yeah, it's been a little bit since I've been there. Um, uh, living in Plymouth, meeting now, but to me, that was the best feeling space that you could go to. Uh, you would sit down. And throughout the course of the night, you'd have the carpenter, you'd have the executive, you'd have the lawyer, you'd have the mailman, and their yep. bartenders. Polly, uh, I'm, I'm guessing he's still there. He's still um, there. It, I mean, just Here's the most personable guy. <laughs> does she really get out of here? That's she awesome. Like, oh of course she does. <laughs> <laughs> it's always awkward. I remember when we lived in uh, Mount Airy and, and my daughter went to uh, Chestnut Hill Presbyterian for like daycare. <laughs> I would see Polly at 2.30 in the morning and then I would see him at 7.30 dropping our kids off at the bus stop or oh. off at the school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I just oh, saw okay. you like six hours ago. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh that's we actually, so good. Tonight, so right before this, we actually went to Earth Bread and Brewery. Billy and I oh, met wow. up with our friends, Justin and Sandy, because they're closing on Friday, which is super sad because that was like one of our old staples since the day they open. And we were sitting there with the owner of McMenamin's tonight at the bar and like everybody just kind of came because it was like, this is their last week and this is kind of like the last hurrah. But we were just talking about McMenamin's. So when I saw that, I was like, yes, but I'm in such agreement with you about McMenamin's. It's such a special place. It's been there forever. And it's just like, really every kind of person you could ever meet you will sit at the bar and be next to it's just it's it's like cheers it really is I, kind of that's like what cheers. i was when, thinking the whole time truly you were talking about that I'm like, this when is it cheers. would snow and oh, like yeah. the entire neighborhood would just congregate at, at mcmenamin's yep. i was just like this is like heaven yeah um, you got to meet so many people and everybody's so personable and friendly and like is interested in what you have to say it's just a it's a special place uh, that's how you know the bar's good if you're like man this is gonna be lit when it snows like this is like <laughs> a snowed in type of bar you're like we're gonna walk here that's when you know you're at a good bar right yeah. like oh that's that's what's up okay last question if you had one day in philly how would you spend it <laughs> So, you know, this is a tough one because there's so many touristy things to do. But at the end of the day, I I love Philly for its food scene. Um, Nothing makes my wife and I happier than going to either a great sushi restaurant uh, or 
an oyster house. And so like Samson Street Oyster House, yeah. I've had so many phenomenal memories. Just literally my wife and I, either before we went to a concert or after like, um, you know, taking our friends around, touring Philadelphia, showing them the Liberty Bell, showing them this, that. Any day that starts or ends at Samson Street Oyster House, putting down 20 plus oysters is, is heaven to me. So that's, it, it could be any part of Philadelphia, but as long as I finish up with, with oysters, it's a Damn. good day. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Where, where can our listeners find you, Chris? Our website uh, is rate.com forward slash Chris Smith, uh, no dot or anything in between it. And we're on Instagram. I don't think we do much on Facebook anymore because who's on Facebook, but uh, yeah, Insta- on the gram at the, uh, the Chris Smith team. Yeah, your your Instagram is great, actually. Do you do that, or does Haley do it? Yeah, it's all me. No, yeah. so. <laughs> it, Instagram it's, is really it's, good. It's Haley. They got. I have figured it. it was Haley. Shout out to Haley. <laughs> Yay, Haley. Yeah, honestly, without I mean, it's Lom and I are kind of the the face people, but Haley does ninety percent of it behind the scenes. So yeah, she's, yeah, she's pretty she's special. Awesome. We've got a great great group. You do. That's you great. really do. Well, Chris, thank you so much for coming. It was so good to see you. Yeah, Chris, thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. You guys, so, I mean, when was it? Recently. It feels like this morning, but it was recent. You know, the the new tax plan came out for 2023 with the the reassessment in Philadelphia. Everybody saw it. Everybody's talking about it. We talked about it with Chris a little bit. But what people, I hope homeowners and owner occupants know about this, and some of my clients and friends don't, but there is a program called the Homestead Exemption, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're increasing that. Mm-hmm. You know about this, right? Yes. This so, was good news. This came out last course. Wednesday. This is this, great news. This is, I'm so comforted by this. this helps. So it's like the homestead exemption reduces the taxable value of your owner occupied property. So it used to be 45000 okay, was the exemption amount. And they, they're increasing it to 80000 That's significant. That's a significant, That's significant. increase, you guys, mm-hmm. right? So. As long yeah. as you live, you own and it's live in double. your home and it's your primary residence, you qualify. So um, the deadline to apply for the 2023 tax year is September 13th. But basically, um, so who who qualifies? So you can get this, like I said, for a property you own and live in. You are still eligible if you have a mortgage. But those that are not eligible are people who have the tax abatement, the 10-year tax abatement. Like, you're good. You're already set. That's a different category. Under the new tax plan, the property tax rate of 1.3998% would stay the same, but the exemption would increase to 45 to 80 from 45 to 80k. Without the increase in that exemption, 96% of enrolled owners could have seen higher tax bills. So that's why this is so exciting and great, right? And then the deadline again to apply and have this reflect your 2023 taxes is September 13th, like I just said. And if you want to apply, you can apply online. I was just going to say, but you don't have to apply if you've already applied in the past. It rolls yeah. over. Yeah. If you already had the yep. fifth 45, you don't have to, re- you don't have to reapply. Yep. It's, the, it's like, why wouldn't you do this? It's so funny. Like, I mean, I think Chris, like offline, Chris said he's he knows people who have lived in their homes for like 20 years and they haven't like 
applied for the exemption. Did you guys read about they that? They haven't so done it. They haven't done it. So it's like- I went through my database like two years ago just to double check, and I did find a couple people, and I reached out to them, and I'm like, hey, That's you need great. to fill this out. Just it takes two seconds. Two seconds. Like you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, just so people understand what this means. So I'm just going to give a real yeah, quick- Yeah, Like, is you cool with that? Yeah, yeah. Quick overview. Mm-hmm. What it means is, I think people get confused on what this means because they see numbers like 45,000, now they see 80,000. What does that mean? What it means is the city will reduce your property's assessed value by that amount. Why is that significant? Because your tax dollars, your, your, your property taxes are based on what the city assessed your property value at. So if they assessed your property at 400,000, and you have the homestead exemption, you're not being taxed at that 1.3998% rate on 400000 Now you're going to be taxed at the 1398 on a $320,000 value. It's so exactly. great. So I think people don't understand what that means. What what, what does that mean? 45000 They're giving me 45000 I don't understand. Is it, what's the 80000 mean? So basically, that number reduces your assessed value that the city gave you. So everybody's getting these tax letters, and they're saying, oh, my God, my property's not worth 400000 Okay, but if you look at the that, – that is one issue. You can't appeal that value. But they're not actually taxing you at the uh, – 1.3998 of the 400,000 now because the homestead exemption reduces what they think your value is by 80k. Right. And then one yeah. one other small clarification to always make is that the assessed value is for tax purposes. It's not the same as an appraised value. It's not the same as your appraisal. It's not necessarily the same as the value of your home. So a lot of times people will be like, "Well, the assessed value says it's you know, 150,000 and I can sell it for 300,000. Um, so that's just another thing to keep in mind that the assessed value is just like a number the city has come up with for tax purposes. Yeah. It's what the city thinks your home is worth. Yeah. But we all know that's not real market value. The only way to know what market value is really is to look at the recent sales around you or to put your house on the market and see what offers come in. That's how you know what market value is. And look is. at Zillow's estimate. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if you think your property has been assessed too high, you could also appeal that number, mm-hmm. which was all in our newsletter this, this all month. All in our newsletter that came out this week, that out to everybody. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants mm-hmm. the yeah. newsletter, so reach out to you, us and we will send if it. If you need help reassessing or you know appealing your property value, maybe email us. We don't yeah. just do jokes here. Believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. know a little something. I mean, something. we do real estate stuff. Yeah. No. I mean, yep. it has happened in the past. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, yep. Yep. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dean. So there you go, kids. Kill. I appreciate that. And I'm so glad I brought it up because, no, I'm kidding. Me too. Anyway, enough we about that. We can all use that. some good news once in a while. We can you all know? use some good news. So there you go, kids. <laughs> the price yeah. is now 80000 Went from forty five. Not the price, but you know what I mean. Okay. The I reduction. found this article. Yeah. yeah the reduction. I found this article and, well, first of all, I stumbled upon this website and then went down the rabbit hole and found this fun article. Um, it's called, the website's celebrity.com. Mm-hmm. I and love that website. I just, I, I don't know where, I don't know how, I just discovered it, but there's a uh, celebrity alignment chart. They do these like fun charts, but they did one for coffee shops and I was like, oh, 
you know, you're tugging on my heartstrings now. And now I need to read this article. So basically, they kind of like rank some of the coffee shops around and they like comment on them and everything like that. And I'm going to read you guys. You guys read this article, right? I'm just going to name the coffee shops and then we're going to go down the list a little bit. And so it's not the it's not like they named all the best coffee shops. They kind of went through the whole like vibe check all head right, to toe, hear. right? Okay. So we've got Gleaners in the Italian market. We got Ultimo in East Pashyunk. We got Old City Coffee. There's Rival Brothers. There's La Colombe. There's like this place called OCF. <laughs> Starbucks. Grindcore. And Function Coffee Labs. And they kind of like, you know, tag them. So... Basically, Gleaners is like the lawful good, they said. So they said Gleaners Cafe, possibly the warm and fuzziest shop on the list. Cold, blue, cold brew hmm. for three bucks. These are good people. Ultimo, lawful, neutral. Okay, they're neutral. They just said scientific, lab vibes. Do you see these? But then I saw Old City Coffee and it like made me think of our old office Aww. and they said they're they evil. every morning. It's just, it's just like jet fuel, evil, only in the sense that their regular drip of Old City blend is absolute balls to the wall jet fuel. Be prepared. And it's it so- It is. It's so true. It's so true. And you know what? I can't even I believe- Old City Coffee, man. Yeah. yeah oh, we used, I went there every single morning for almost 10 years and yeah. I used to get an Americano- Talk about jet fuel. I don't even Dude. know how I was doing oh, that, espresso. but that's what I would literally do. Yeah, it was espresso with hot water. And I would go in and I would be like, or even a red eye sometimes if I get there early. And it would oh, be I've basically drank. a coffee with espresso, but that is jet fuel. That stuff was Dude. serious. And I went to Ultimo actually this week, the one in um, Newbold. That, I love in, that um, one. Yeah, mm-hmm, I have a I'm listing coming up right over there. I'm I'm so excited about it. But like, basically, this this article, you know, they're doing like a vibe check of these shops, and I just, it's so much fun to me. Like, so they did Rival Bros, and they basically said like the vibe check is good. You know, it's neutral. Um, it's stately and so clean. I'd consent to having surgery there, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I like that. That's like, and it's true. I think that's, that's a beautiful coffee shop. I love what they say for La Colombe on 6th and Market. What do they Pretty say? Pretty sure this is the waiting room after you die. <laughs> There's always lots of reporters here, so assume you died famous. There's uh- <laughs> a lot of tourists there. It's weird. Oh, it dude. Weird you know what that reminds me of? Almost like a, uh, it reminds me of almost like a rest stop off the turnpike or something. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right? It's true. This is wild in there. Um, But that's, this, this article's cool. What's the name of the article, Dean? It's just the celebrities like alignment, alignment chart coffee, coffee shops. Yeah. They're they're yeah. doing they did one on or they're doing one on um Italian restaurants too. Next. So we'll have to look at that. Yeah. Yeah. When I'll, that's I'll be all in on that one. Mm-hmm. You know, I know my mm-hmm. Italian restaurants. Yeah. Clearly. Where's the pesto? Where are we at? Clearly I know my Italian <laughs> restaurants. But um, you know, oh, they God. bring up where are the other ones? There's three left. So they did Function Coffee Labs, which is in Bella Vista, and they said, you know, good vibes, a little chaotic in the vibe check, which I like that. They said, crazy like a fox, Function Conjures, unusual and winning flavor combinations, a recent iced lemon walnut latte blew our minds. That just sounds like a stomachache, but I'll I'll try it. it sounds good. I don't know. Yeah. 
Grindcore House in South Philly, I've been there. Yeah. That's like that's one of the places that I stop when I'm like in between showings and I have to mm-hmm. use a restroom and get a coffee refreshment. Yeah. I hell always yeah. pop in there. It says it's lovably scruffy, like your activist's aunt's rescued mutt. <laughs> that's a pretty <laughs> good description, actually. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, they have vegan treats in there and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. Yeah, oh, one yeah. of my very best friends used to be a barista there back in the day. So yeah, um, and then the last one they list is Starbucks on Thirteenth and Chestnut. If you're here, you're fucked. <laughs> Literally <laughs> what it Dude. says. Oh my god, it's awesome. I don't even know about Thirteenth. Never been Chestnut. there. I'm sure That's I've been hilarious. to that one. The yeah. one in Old City is fucked. What is that? Third and what oh, is I that? I actually one? like that one, Third and Arch. It's never crowded. I feel like. Oh, I. Maybe I just go no, at the wrong it's, time. It's yeah, it. yeah the, I don't, it's I don't okay mind that one. Yeah, it's I feel bad. like that one's never that bad. Well, then I'm dramatic. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. What else is new? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but I, so this is my new favorite website, and I, you know, I want to, I'm going to keep my eyes peeled in the Italian restaurants, and then. Um, but I thought of you guys because you know we all love coffee and what Philly Philadelphians have to say. Wait, here's a weird thing. So you know that there's a new Starbucks, Dean, in your neck of the woods in yes. the Port Richmond Shopping Center in Fishtown? Mm-hmm. So I've stopped there now twice too because I have to have like – when I'm like on the road all day, I have to have my place where I can get a coffee and use a restroom. Yeah, you <laughs> Because, you know, you're like in between appointments. You're like, you where do, do I the... go? Where do I go? Yeah. So I went there. I've been there three times in the last week. Um, Dude. But the last – yeah. And when I went, so they have like, you know, their restrooms and then – no sink inside the restroom. The sink is outside, common area, like common what? area sink with this weird, like you put your hands, it's like, you know, two or three people can probably go. You put your hands underneath, you yeah. push one button for soap, you push another button on the sink, like, I don't know, faucet to the dry your hands. Yeah. The dashboard what? to dry your hands. But you're coming out of the restroom to wash your hands in public. That should be on 13th and Chestnut, I feel it like. It feels Not, weird. It feels yeah. weird. Like you're, I don't know. It mm-hmm. just feels weird. Mm. I've never seen that's one gotta like that. Be, that's a method to prevent people from locking themselves in the bathroom. That might you know be. about this, right? That like, might be. But that's for another show. That's for like. That's another show. Dateline But yeah, or it something. was very weird. When I went in, I was like, wait, there's no sink in here. And then I came out and I was like, oh, the sink's like a common sink or like in the common area of the starbucks that reminds me of the bathroom at it's spin weird. where you're like where oh god the mirrors and everything that i really can't sink. get i can't I get like, down with that that that's a weird yeah bathroom I was like, I was like, Dude. you're like staring at someone right across from you and you think you're looking in the mirror but you realize that's not you <laughs> yeah all right ladies we have to get out of here special shout out to chris smith thanks for coming on and Helping us out with what's going on behind the scenes of the streets, real yeah. estate purchases. We appreciate that. Thanks, Ladies, Chris. let's get out of here. Have a good weekend. You as well. Peace out, guys. Thanks, Chris. Peace. Peace.